Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're talking about our love of reading, our favorite titles, and book-to-movie adaptations. Stay tuned. Hi, Megan. Hey, Steffi. What's up? Oh, not much. Just been uh, staring at my dog. She sleeps on the couch. (laughs) Out of love or jealousy or both? I mean both. She's really, really cute. Um, she likes to do this thing where she like takes her pillow, not her pillow, our pillow, and like smushes it and moves it into just the right place. Oh, I love and when so, they do that. It's very cute. <laughs> she's also I... been very, I don't know, something's like making her anxious today. So she's been kind of wandering around for hours, not sleeping. And I'm like, look at your face, dog. Like, Take a nap. It's like, I mean, it's truly, there's not a lot of difference between like dogs and toddlers. It's true. Because you're like, it's like when the, when toddlers just won't take a nap, but they're so tired and you're like, just close your eyes. You're not going to miss out on anything. I promise. It'll be fine. Anything exciting happens. I promise we'll wake you up. (laughs) Like hang in there. Oh my goodness. How are things for you? Good. I saw a new therapist today. Oh. Yeah. So I, as if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I have been seeing a therapist for quite some time and I think it's normal to like kind of outgrow your therapist and she was great for the time period that I was seeing her in and tackling grief and stuff like that but it was time I'm in a new period of life and it was time to um, get connected with an adoption informed therapist and all that good stuff and so I saw her for the first time today and she was great of course she's out of network for my insurance because of course she would be if she's great but (laughs) she was great Um, although I have felt very emotionally hung over (laughs) her Oh, yeah. Because, like, I I don't know. I forgot that, like, when you see a new therapist, you have to retell your whole story. (laughs) So (laughs) that is very emotionally taxing. And so, um, but she she was really cool. So I am, she gave me homework, which... Everyone knows I'm a nerd, so I I enjoy that. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was great. So that was my big thing for the day. Cool. And then I sent Alex to the vet with both dogs and one of the cats. Oh wow! I've done this before to him, and every time he's like, "Don't do that again." <laughs> and then I wait until the day before, and I'm like, "By the way, you have to take both dogs and one of the cats to the vet." He's like, God damn it, woman. <laughs> I mean, you still go to a vet that is far away. So you kind of have to get your bang for the buck That's here on the travel makes... trip. Right. That's what I was like. Look, if we have to haul ass out there, like, I don't want to have to do it for frequently. And somehow we just ended up on a schedule where it's not like both dogs and both cats 
are like on their own schedules. Like somehow we got three out of the four animals having shots all at once. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. I, I, I was like, I probably should try to adjust that next time. <laughs> Maybe Oops. try to do it so it's like one dog and one cat. Right. One dog and one cat. Or we have done both dogs or both cats before. And like, that's fine. Two, two is manageable. Three is a, a little too much. I feel like we're really getting stuff done today. I did all sorts of adulty type things that I've been putting off. Like You did them early, too. Oh, I had to do them right away because I knew it wasn't going to happen otherwise. <laughs> I I scheduled uh, the dentist for all four of us. Wow. I contacted the groomer for the dog. I scheduled an appointment to get LASIK done. Well, not, the, not doing it, but for a consultation. Amazing. Um, so I mailed my life insurance check. Look at you. What else did I do today? Oh, I tried to do my IRA and it just didn't. Or not my IRA, my 401k, but that did not happen. <laughs> but you tried. I tried. I very much tried to look at all the forms and I couldn't find the right form. So we'll have to try that. You still, you still time. get a point for trying, especially after you did all of those other things. That's right. See, very accomplished. You did, we did so much. Oh my gosh, yeah. we're like so adulty. We are. We're so we're we're so good. So because <laughs> we are so grown, we say words like adulty. Mm-hmm. Sounds so smart. We thought we would talk about books today because, interestingly, we like have not touched on this topic yet, which. I mean, we did talk about Harry Potter for a long time. I mean, yeah, we had two full Harry Potter episodes. So I suppose that kind of counts. It's tangential. Right. right. It counts. But um, I know that you and I were talking about things that people often will do as New Year's resolutions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the very ambitious people. They're like, I'm going to read 100 books this year. <laughs> And how we were just like, how, how, oh my gosh. So we thought we would talk about books. Yeah. So we like to read y'all, but we love to read. But those, those New Year's resolutions slash New Year goals still freak us out. I mean, I guess if I made it my goal to read that many books, I would try to read that many books. But I... I have had problems actually reading books lately in general, so I would have to try really hard. But to be fair, I have been reading nonfiction books, which make me have to use my brain. Yeah, you have to, like, think a lot more for that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's tough. I have struggled to finish books lately because I have a baby. Yeah, mom brain. Uh huh. And just being tired. And I'm tired. I get to the end of the day and I'm fucking worn out. And sometimes I just like crawl into bed and I just like lay catatonic in front of Netflix. And that's all I can manage. So I feel like I'm finally starting to come out of the baby fog a little bit. And be able to like be a somewhat more functional human in certain ways. <laughs> Getting it's the twenty twenty one. It's a new horizon. Hey, it's a new horizon. My child's almost one. <laughs> like I'm finally <laughs> getting my life together. Uh, since it's just kind of 
got flipped upside down there. But like, like getting, like I've been meaning to get in with a new therapist literally since since Eden was like two months old. But you know, then there was COVID and all the crap. So it's just all of this prolonged like fog that I've been in. But I am starting to read again a little bit more. Um, but I was, I was that kid that would read books. Well, I I would read books on the way to the bus stop for, for the school bus, um, like while I was walking, but the, probably the nerdiest thing about me, Alex nearly pooped his pants the first time he heard this. Like he legitimately fell off his chair. He was laughing so hard. So I would always read before bed. And as a child, my punishment, which this did not happen very often. I was I was a very low-key kid. But my punishment was not being allowed to read before bed. You're weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is what my parents took away from me. And it always worked. I was always like, oh, I don't want to read. Well, how did they take it away from you, though? Because I just wasn't, they knew that they could be like, no, you're not. I mean, they could tell if my light was on. Yeah. But I just, I had to go to bed without reading before bed. Because I have a child who will read until like midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, which on the one hand, like, great, he's reading, but also he is a teenager and needs to sleep. <laughs> um, and he will like turn his light off when he knows that like you're coming or something like oh i'm going to bed now but then like sneaky he'll just turn it back on later no i was not that sneaky i was extremely well behaved so it didn't happen very often anyway yeah if it happened very (laughs) yeah it happened very rarely and it was like that thing where you know it happens they take away my books for the evening and then I, like, never do whatever that thing was ever again because I'm Mm -hmm. so horrified that my books got taken away that I wasn't allowed to read before bed. But, no, like, staying up past when I was allowed to stay up to read was – like, I was pretty good about, like, okay, I really have to – I really have to stop reading. Like, especially if it was, like, a school night or something. But on the weekends, I would stay up way late reading. My parents were like, whatever, she's reading. Go for it, kid. Right. I think they were like, wow, she could have way worse spices. <laughs> that is true. That's like whenever I buy plants or whatever, I'm like, yes. you guys, it could be crack. <laughs> like It would be plants... way more expensive and way worse for me, okay? Right? Like the plants die half the time, but it could be drugs. So be happy. I'm just killing plants. We're doing great over here. <laughs> Megan, so, were, you much, were you much of a reader when you were a kid? I'm imagining yes. I was, yes. I So when I was uh, in kindergarten, so I'm, what, eight, eight years older than you? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, back in 1985, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kindergarten kids didn't, weren't, didn't know how to read. Mm-hmm. So, like, now you know how to read in kindergarten usually. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you're at least starting to learn how to read in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And so nobody at my school knew how to read except for me. <laughs> and so I would read to the other kids in class. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Because I was a super nerd. Yes. Um, And then in first grade, I was also, 
I've always been like a writer person too. So then also I'd be like, I'm going to write a story. And yes. then I would write like these ridiculously long stories whenever we had writing assignments. Because <laughs> the yeah. two just kind of go hand in hand. Well, yeah. Well, we uh, had my first grade teacher who was amazing. Uh, she would like give you like us free time to like write and draw and like write these stories or whatever we wanted to. And those of us that like wrote these little stories that she would have what she called them like young authors afternoons and you could invite like your parents or your grandparents or your special adult or whatever and then like read your story aloud and she would have like cookies and lemonade and stuff <laughs> and like it was it was just it was my favorite thing because it totally indulged that like nerd book lover wanting to write like she absolutely was like the teacher that was like yeah right do it that's amazing my aunt was an elementary school teacher for a long time and so whenever we would go visit her she would always like have a new book for us to read oh i love she would buy us books every time so that like really helped instill like the love of reading she bought me like my first babysitter's club books oh all, all, all of those yeah yep yep Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what was your like favorite book when you were a kid? Oh man. I really loved, um, well, I I guess it depends on like what age, but Mm -hmm. the, one of the books I remember reading just over and over and over was Ella Enchanted. Okay. Um, which guys, the movie blows. It's not even the same fucking story. (laughs) I like I can't even we have to pretend the movie does not exist or else I, it tarnishes Anne Hathaway entirely. I think I think we'll talk about movie adaptations in a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, spoiler alert. That one sucks. Um, <laughs> the book is great and I would love for them to redo it for real this time. Um, but I loved that one. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I like I would I would read a lot of series um, I read, like, all of the Chronicles of Narnia books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, like, when I, I've always been, like, when I read series, I have to read them in order. I cannot skip. Um, even if it doesn't really matter. Because, like, you know, there are some series where they're just, like, they're not totally connected. Right. Like, chronologically, you could kind of read them in whatever order they kind of stand on their own. No, 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 no. <laughs> not for this not for this type one I had to read them always in order um so like Chronicles of Narnia most people would read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe first because that's like the most well-known one but I was like no that's not technically the first book chronologically technically the magician's nephew is first I have to read that first and my mom was like whatever you're so weird do your how did you even know that as a kid though because I saw it on the shelf and it was like the way it was labeled I was like wait this is number one and I was like well yeah but it's a prequel and I was like I don't care it happens first I have to read it first (laughs) I'm pretty sure the set that we had did not have it labeled as number one it was labeled whatever the the order that people typically read it in yeah there was something at Barnes and like however they had it laid out at Barnes and Noble was like that was what it was but I mean I just read anything I could get my hands on I was I remember we had a really great um children's librarian at the library in the town I we lived in when I was really little 
And she was great because, she, like, I got through basically all of the picture books in preschool. And so then she was like, here, let me introduce you to the Newbery Award winners. <laughs> like, Oh, man. And so I read Caddy Woodlawn when I was, like, in kindergarten. Um, and, but I just, if I, I just, I would read all of it. Just stacks of books all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, I was also an only child. I didn't have siblings to play with. We didn't, yeah. I didn't have like video games or anything like that. I mean, I'd watch TV, but. And you hate the outdoors. So. And I hate the outdoors. So <laughs> I read and I like crafted and stuff, but I, I just read everything. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, and then obviously, so Harry Potter came out, the first one came out when I was in fourth grade, um, and I read it when it came out, and then read all of those many, many, many times, and um, then in high school, I read East of Eden for the first time, and it has been my all-time favorite novel from that point. Because that's a normal thing for a high schooler to become obsessed with. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just as normal as me in, I don't know, grade of ninth grade, I guess, where we could pick literally any book we wanted to read Uh to write our book report on. And I picked Anna Karenina. I mean, that was literally, I was, I think I was, it was also, it was either ninth, it might have been sophomore year, it might have been 10th grade, and they were like, yeah. Pick any book to do a book report on. I was like, East of Eden, great. Yeah. It was for me, I was based, I was probably like Oh, and I think I also tried to read I tried to read The Yearling in sixth grade. And it was like so boring. Because basically I went to our school library and I was like, What is the hardest, yes. fattest book in the school library? I will read that. I remember checking out a book from the school library that was just like a f- really fat nonfiction book just about facts about cats because <laughs> I also love cats Guy, I was just, it's amazing that I grew up to find a man to marry me I'm not gonna lie to you um but like that was because I was tired of the picture books and I was just, like wandered over to the section and I was like I'm gonna read this book and the librarian was like whatever kid <laughs> and things could have turned out really differently for you Yes, it really could have. <laughs> Speaking of cats, though, one of my favorite stories that I read when I was a kid, I don't remember how old I was when I first read it, but it was a book that my aunt had. Um, it's actually a really old book. It I looked it up, and it's actually from uh, 1967. Oh. Um, and it's called Piawacket by Rosemary Weir. It's about street cats. <laughs> And Piawacket is, like, the main character, and he has, like, one eye and, like, a tattered ear. Oh. <laughs> like, it's the cutest book ever. It's so um, cute. I really, it's hard to find because it's, like, out of print. You can only get right. used copies. But I really want to get it so I can read it again. It's That's it's so just great. really cute. We had one when I was little, and I'm so, I'm, it's, this is one of the great annoyances of my life. Um, is my mom had saved, there were a few books that my mom saved from when I was little for, for my kids. And I don't know where she put them. Oh. And I like can't well, find no them. that's no good. I have no idea where they are. I'm hoping maybe when we go through the storage unit, 
of her stuff like um, will magically find them one of them i'm pretty sure she saved our copy of um i love you forever but Mm. um that can go in the trash (laughs) (laughs) um but i know she saved um oh my goodness uh are you my mother are you Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that one? Oh, yes. We have that one. Okay, yes. Well, I did not I, – I, I, I was way older than I should have been when I learned that snorts are not actually called snorts because <laughs> of that book. We just always called them snorts. Um, but then there is this book called Robert the Rose Horse. Oh. And he – Robert the Rose Horse um, – it's it's from like 1961 um and it's so cute but he is allergic to roses they make him sneeze um and so like but then like his this issue like makes him like save the day at, at the end of the book or whatever um but it's just so it's really really cute um maybe your mom has a copy of this book that i have been looking for since i was a child because that was would be amazing because I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I've, I've literally not been able to find it, and I keep trying to search for it with like random things that, about the book and that it is. And I haven't. And I haven't. It. Like I feel like I've dreamed it, but I know it was a real book. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that where you're like, God damn it, I can't remember. <laughs> it was about this man who like only ate candy and junk food. But okay. then he, like, started to get sick from it. And so then he learned that, like, he could go and, like, forage, like, wild berries and, like, watercress from, like, the stream side and, like, all of this random stuff. And then he, at the toward the end of the book, he, like, bought seeds and was growing carrots. And so basically, like, learned about real food oh. in this book. But it was so cute. And I have no idea what it's called. And I have not been able to find it. That's a bummer. That's yeah. really cute. Because I feel like it's a really good lesson for children. I have no idea what it is. Nerdy food things, but I mean, if it doesn't really exist, maybe maybe you dreamed it because you were supposed to write it. Maybe, but then I'll write it, and then somebody be like, "But I have that book." (laughs) (laughs) I've even searched like uh, there are forums that are like forgotten children's book, uh huh, like uh, chat forums and stuff, and I'm. I've looked there and I can't find it there either. You've gone down the rabbit hole. I really have. I really wanted to find that book, man. I also have very (laughs) distinct memories of making my mom read. She would read to me every night until I got old enough to read to her. Um, And making her read Fox and Socks. (laughs) <laughs> over and over faster and faster <laughs> and she was always like i'm gonna get your kid that book because karma is a bitch <laughs> <laughs> so then like after she passed away and after um after eden was born our friend kathleen sent me a copy of sent eden a copy of that book because she was like i know julie would have wanted eden to have this book i was like <laughs> 
you're so mean but she did get she did get the board book so it's like the shorter version at least so she did throw me a small bone on that one (laughs) i think that's one that we don't have we have a bunch of other dr seuss books but i don't think we have that one well it is maybe we do i don't know if we do have it it never became a favorite in our house well apparently your kids don't like to torture you as much as i liked to torture my mother for reading fox and socks faster and faster (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, man so okay what are some of your favorite books now as an adult um so my all-time favorite book is great gatsby okay um which also was weird because i don't have a copy of it that is weird um so that's my number one favorite book. And then there's other books that I like to reread a lot, like um, Little Women mm-hmm. and the whole Anne and Green Gables series. I reread oh, all I of those. I tried so hard with that and I couldn't do it. Really? Because yeah. it's outdoorsy? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I just, I remember I got the whole set for Christmas one year. Mm-hmm. And because it's like a classic and all that. And I tried to read it like five times and like could not get through the first one and finally I just gave up did you read do you like the little house books yeah I wasn't like obsessed with them hmm but I did I mean I enjoyed them and I read them did you read them like more than once or like I think yeah see I think there's just like that different interest level I guess because they're kind of the same you know genre that makes sense so for whatever reason like I was like oh yeah I really like pioneer living in the (laughs) middle of nowhere I guess (laughs) honestly it makes sense knowing you as an adult (laughs) I mean I guess it does yeah also like in Little House on the Prairie like the first book they're in Wisconsin and I was like oh my god I'm in Wisconsin so (laughs) I think that was part of it for that one those books um what else are my favorite like harry i really i reread harry potter there's not a lot of books that i reread though mm-hmm. because i have like a pretty good memory when it comes to novels and yeah. so sometimes when i read them i'm like oh well i, I know what's gonna happen exactly so eh. i have a few that i'll reread i mean i've read east of eden more times than i could count but I, a lot of the books that I really enjoy are not exactly uppers. (laughs) And so, like, I loved The Book Thief. Um, I love John Green novels. I loved um, The Fault in Our Stars, um, Looking for Alaska. Um, Like, books like that, that just, like, also completely wreck you Um, i did not read any of those because i don't think i would like them i apparently just love to cry (laughs) i remember reading the book thief and because i also i have this real like love hate thing with like holocaust novels Mm -hmm. like i always end up really loving the book but also they always make me just like they I just turn into I'm a wreck I'm a complete wreck by the end of the book usually by like the first third of the book Uh, but I remember when I was reading the book thief 
I had like left off one night because I I like stopped reading one night because I knew I just had a feeling it was about to get like ultra sad and I was gonna have to like to like power through the end of the book um and so then like the next night when I picked it up I distinctly remember going out into the living room well this is when Alex and I lived in our one bedroom apartment and I like went out into the living room and I was like I'm going to finish this book tonight and I'm pretty sure it's gonna make me cry (laughs) so I'm just warning you now you didn't do anything I'm crying because of the book right (laughs) it was like okay thanks for the warning and sure enough I was just like he like walked by the bedroom to like go into the bathroom and I was just like sobbing while reading (laughs) that was such a mess I remember when I read The Fault in Our Stars, I was just crying so hard. The cats were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) I was like that at the end of What Alice Forgot. Just some books. I don't know if you read that book. I did not read that book. Oh, man. It's uh, you probably don't want to read it um, because of what Alice forgot, basically. (laughs) But it's like so so freaking sad at the end and you're just like like why it's like it's just heartbreaking I just and I I I end up I always end up just like really like I love those books but then I hate them because they wreck me so much (laughs) so then I like I I love them and I recommend them to people but then like I'm like uh, I'm like too fragile to reread them (laughs) Right. <laughs> it's, it's like I can't do it. It's too much. Like I am, I have been halfway through the Song of Achilles, um, for months because I know how it's gonna end, and I know it's gonna make me cry. Because <laughs> like, when it's a, it's literally about Achilles. Like you know how that story ends. It's not gonna be a happy ending. This is not gonna be like a happy love story for him and Patroclus, but. Yet here we are halfway through this book and I'm like, I, it's so, so, so good. But I also am like afraid to keep reading because it's going to make me cry so hard. I remember one book that made me cry a lot um, was, gosh, it was in college. I think that I read it. So you would have been maybe in like middle school. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was like really, really big when it came out. Uh, the Red Tent. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yep. And I cried a lot reading that book. (laughs) I read The Red Tent. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm sure it made me cry. Movies don't, well, movies make me cry more now than they used to. But it used to be that, like, movies and TV shows very rarely made me cry. But books made me cry all the time. Mm -hmm. Now I just cry at everything. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's coming from being a parent. Probably a I little don't know. bit because I cry at like everything now. Like I cry at commercials. Yes. I will cry at movies that I have seen fifteen times. Yes. Like I cry watching friggin' Frozen. Yeah. Like the first Frozen. Like every time, and I'm like, I've seen this movie so many times. Why am I crying? I know you texted the other day, and you were like, "Well, my kids wanted to watch Coco, so I just finished weeping through the end of it." Yes. Well, it was like internal weeping because I try not to like cry super hard in front of the kids because then they're like, weep. they're what's like, what's wrong, wrong with you? It's fine. I'm just emotional. Just cry. It's, it's just so sad. They just love each other so much. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it's definitely it's definitely only gotten worse as I've gotten older and become a parent. It's just, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> I cry at all the things. So, okay, so what have you, what are some things that you've read recently? I know that, it's, that reading has been a struggle, and understandably so. We all have a lot of things going on and a lot of things in our brains, but. Yes, so I am one of those people who has, like, a huge stack of books to read. Mm-hmm. Yes. And have not gotten through, like, any of them, which is <laughs> yes. just really, really pathetic. But um, I have mostly been reading nonfiction. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. I, I'm i not sure why. I guess partially because I don't like to reread books. And so if I'm going to, like, buy a book, I want it to be intellectual, I guess, which sounds really snobby. But, like... <laughs> I I don't want to like buy a novel and then be like, well, that was fine, and then I have it. Sure. And because like of COVID, like there's not really like the libraries aren't necessarily in full service hap- and all that, so right. it's really hard to like just you know go check out a book and like just browse whatever suits your fancy kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to just buy a book and then just like have them. So. I've been trying to stick to nonfiction or, like, books that I know that I should read. So, like, I have a copy of East of Eden. I have not read it yet. (laughs) I I have a copy of The Invisible Man. I have not read it yet. Uh, It's kind of – it's just really sad. My whole stack is, like, 15 books tall. But the most recent one that I read and finished was Untamed, Mm -hmm. um, which is excellent. Highly recommend any of uh, Glennon Doyle's books, I have all of them. She's they're wonderful. all they're all excellent. She's they're all good, and also like she wrote them, obviously each in like different parts of her life, right? Or times of her life, and so I I kind of am glad that I was able to read them chronologically. Oh, uh huh. So I kind of felt like you could like grow with her in yeah. a way, and they all like hit different points and stuff. So I think they're all really great. Um. You can't see me, but I'm, like, gesturing a lot for some reason. I don't talk with my hands. <laughs> I'm rubbing <laughs> off on you. I just really like books. I have to use my hands. <laughs> um, I also just read this book, which is the third in a series by Austin Kleon. So Austin Kleon is he's an author and also an artist. Um, and he has written a few books about, like, inspiration as an artist and like how to be an artist and be a creative person um and the the newest one is called keep going Mm -hmm. so it's basically like 10 ways to keep going and be who you are the first the other ones are steal like an artist and show your work um and they're not like long books or anything they just have like little tidbits of advice but i really like them nice i think they're very helpful if you're like uh stuck in if you have a creative job and you feel like blocked or whatever uh and then the other one that i have been reading is the very uplifting tale (laughs) called perilous bounty the looming collapse of american farming and how we can prevent it (laughs) i read very cheerful books (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much. 
I need to read like some fluffy novel, but I don't really like a lot of fluffy novels. Uh, so I don't really know what to do with myself. I, I mean, I will, I read almost anything except for like horror. Um, and, but I still find myself having to be like, I need to read something fluffy. Mm-hmm. And usually that's when I'll like read like a Stephanie Plum novel or something like that because they're kind of raunchy and I enjoy that. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, um, I, you, <laughs> that last one, man, that sounds riveting. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of like food policy books cause I'm that, that person. Um, so I just am weirdly into it, I guess. Sure I don't know. Alive. I wanted to. It reminds me actually. So you said that you were like in, you read basically anything except horror. So mm-hmm. do you read romance novels? I don't read. I don't. I don't read like like romance novels. <laughs> Although it's not necessarily that I wouldn't. I just don't. Right. I don't I don't consider myself like too highbrow to read them. I just there's always something else that I'm like, I'm gonna read that. But like if someone was like, Oh my gosh, you need to read this, I would mm-hmm. to- I would I would read it. Like I would have no problem reading it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I uh I was thinking of that because um last week we mentioned uh Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> Because, it, I mean, I I don't know the reason why Brandy – oh, I guess Brandy said that someone gave it to her. But, like, for many people my age, like, their parents just, like, had it on the mm-hmm. shelf. And so, like, it wasn't necessarily forbidden kind of thing. Sure, yeah. Um, But also, that's not really a romance. But uh, I, I know that back when I was a kid, like, Harlequin romances were, like, so huge. Yes. Like, like – the Fabio covers and all of that. That was uh-huh. for a while. And then they feel like they've went away. But now they've sort of resurfaced in like this historic romance genre. Oh, yes. And they're not necessarily. I mean, I guess they are because I haven't. I don't read them because I I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not super interested in just like reading about people having sex. <laughs> Especially because <laughs> the way that they write about people having sex is just weird. So are you talking about like so are, like, uh, like Outlander. Outlander and Bridgerton and stuff? Yeah. Which I've heard those series, both of those series are really good. Yeah, but so, also people are like they're just so hot and I'm like, "Eh." Well, it's interesting because because our friend Ade is actually reading the Bridgerton novels right now mm-hmm. and so is so is Kathleen and Ade's further along than Kathleen is and like the way because I was like are they as horny as the show and (laughs) Ade was like I don't know because she's like I like the way that she when she reads I guess the way that she reads she's not necessarily like picturing things as vividly as like some people do Mm-hmm. And so, but Kathleen, because Kathleen was like, yes, they're as horny as the show. And Audie's like, I don't really know. Like, I don't know. And so I I think it's interesting that you're like, eh, doesn't really do anything for me. Because you, I'm wondering if you sort of read books in the same way that she does. 
Um, I don't or something. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's just more like the way the way that some of those books are written. Like I just feel like the writing is just really lazy. <laughs> and they're just like throbbing, chest, blah, and like I don't know. The adjectives are just like nah. it's too much. <laughs> it's just too much. It's just so over the top that I'm just like well, that doesn't sound sexy to me. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have not read Outlander or the Bridgerton books, um, but they have come highly recommended. So they're like sort of on the list where I was like, maybe I'll read them someday. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Um, yeah. I also never read Twilight, so I was that person too. So I didn't. I didn't read that either. I'm not. Somehow I'm not surprised by that revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I did go see. I saw one of the movies with my friends because she and her girlfriend had broken up and so I went with her because she loved Twilight so I was like I will be a good friend you're a good friend and I will watch this movie with you that's probably the only way that I would have seen them seen them too I've still I've still never seen any of them either but you know it's fine (laughs) I watched True Blood though um I did read a lot of the True Blood books I will admit that oh see there you go so maybe I just need like the weird aspect of like vampires and werewolves and whatever other random tiger people. I don't know. <laughs> he was we're, a tiger, right? We're pan- panthers, I think. Panther. I, don't I can't remember. remember. Oh, I can't remember a whole lot more than uh, Eric Northman. <laughs> so fucking hot. Um, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. Everything is fine. Um, I don't remember what I don't remember what I was going to ask you now because I got down the Eric Northman trail. <laughs> Bless my heart. All right, so we kind of talked. We're we're starting to talk about it a little bit. So let's talk about adaptations. Yes. Oh, because man, man. <laughs> they could go well or really bad. And mostly they go really bad. Yeah, that's true. Mostly they go... I Okay. So mostly they either go really, really bad. They're just terrible. Or the movie basically ends up being a different story. Mm-hmm. For example, The Count of Monte Cristo is actually a decent movie, but it's a completely different story than the book. I have to actually, I have to completely separate the two things in my mind. I can't even think of them as the same thing because they are so vastly different from each other. I love them both. The movie from 2002? Yes. Henry Cavill was in that movie. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That was a long time ago. (laughs) Anyway, uh... Yeah, like they just changed the plot. Basically, they're like, eh, it's sort yeah, of. This, like the end- but there's a guy named Monte Cristo, so uh, <laughs> right, it's like, the same. The big, like it's it's skeletally the same ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he gets falsely imprisoned and he gets thrown in prison by the jealous love. You know, the jealous guy, and then. Um, they presume that he's dead, and then he comes back as the Count of Monte Cristo, and yada yada. But like. That is pretty much the most that they have in common. <laughs> like, the book, the ending is totally different in the book. Um, like, there's just, there's so much more that happens in the book. Um, whereas the movie just sort of, like, wraps things up, like, 
much more like succinctly and nicely and whatever mm-hmm. um and so I, I again like i don't really have any problem with the movie like i enjoy the movie but i have to think of it as actually like a completely different story from the novel because they're just to me so very different <laughs> Well, apparently there is a version from 1998 that is 400 minutes long. <laughs> so I mean, maybe that, that about, one. That is about <laughs> how long it would have to be to actually include all of the plot from the novel. <laughs> I mean, the Lord of the Rings movies are like a thousand hours long and they're still missing so much. They're so long. <laughs> they're so long. That's another so series long. that I couldn't get into reading. Oh, I really like them, but I don't remember why I, like, got into them, I, I guess. I don't know if it was just because, like, my parents read a lot of fantasy novels, and so they were just always around, yeah, and so... I mean, I love, I love fantasy novels, but for some reason, I just... And, like, I don't, I don't mind the movies, um, and I think the story is interesting, but for some reason, there's just something about Tolkien's writing that, like... It's kind of a slog. Yeah, you'll be, like bopping along for a few pages at like a pretty good pace and then there'll just be like three pages of describing like a tree and you're like oh my god why yeah so i think i just sort of petered out maybe a third of the way or halfway through the first one i was like that's i that's i i'm okay <laughs> it's fine and then the movies came out and i was like eh, i'll just watch the movie <laughs> It's kind of like the Game of Thrones books, too, where it's, like, there's, like, exciting action for, like, a third yeah. of it, and then the the other two-thirds of the book is, like, endless, endless detail and exposition. You're just like, oh, my God. Yes. Just kill just... everyone already. <laughs> I know it's going to happen. Just get to it. Right? <laughs> Finish your, boom, boom, your books, sir. Yeah. Get to writing. Hop to it. <laughs> it's probably not going to. Probably not. Um. Okay. What is what is a, a book to movie adaptation that you enjoyed? Hmm. I know we have to think really hard on this one, don't we? I know you really enjoy the newest Little Women movie. I did really like the newest Little Women I still movie. Seen it. I, a lot of people have feelings about it. Um. But I guess it depends on like how you feel about the books too mm-hmm. you know um but i thought it was i know that they were like oh there's too much modernity added to this blah 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 it's it's not authentic blah but i really liked it and i especially liked the way that they did the ending mm-hmm. um which is different than the way that they did it in the winona rider version which i also really like the winona rider version mm-hmm. uh but there's just so many other there's so many great things about the new one to make it stand out like the the dad is more there i feel like even though like he goes he's off at war but then he comes back and i think he's like more of an actual character in this one mm-hmm. and then the mom is like way more of a person like an <laughs> actual person who has feelings yes. and thoughts um I and imagine. i really appreciated that <laughs> what uh and I do think the Lord of the Rings movies are actually, like, as good as you probably could get Yeah. for, like, what they are, because they're ridiculous. I mean, yeah, they are a little bit ridiculous. 
Um, oh, okay. I got a bone to pick here. So one of them is The Princess Diaries. Okay, I never read The Princess Diaries. They're delightful. But I do like the movies. So I like the movies, but I think the books are far more delightful. And I also, like, this is, because I was, actually, I think I was talking about this with Ade and Kathleen not too long ago. So the books are delightful, even, like, as an adult, delightful to read. But there's so many things, like, so in the movie, the grandmother is played by Julie Andrews. She's the you know lovely. She's Julie Andrews. In the book, the grandmother is like terrifying and mean and has her tat her eyebrows tattooed on <laughs> and carries around this like tiny little dog in a purse and is just not a nice person. Is like low key terrifying. Um, also, the dad in the books is alive. He just had testicular cancer and can't have any more kids. And so that's why, like, she ends up being, like, the next in line or whatever. Hmm. Because they'd been thinking, like, he would end up having, like, a male heir, and then he did not. Um, And so there's just, like, again, I like, I really enjoy the Princess Diaries movies, but to me... They're very different from the books because, like, some of the characters are just completely different. Right. That would be a good, like, fluff one for you to read. Hmm. Yeah, that would be good. I, it's funny because I'm just thinking of ones that I think are bad now. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so I read The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Uh series. Yes, I read all three of those as well. Right. So there are two movie versions. Yes. There's like the Swedish one. Yes. And then the American one. Mm-hmm. And the Swedish one is amazing. And the yes! American one is terrible. I knew that's what you were going to say because I had the same <laughs> feelings about it. Yes. Absolutely. The Swedish one is so good. Yes. Yeah. And I, I feel mean, like it's like, the fact that you have to read the subtitles. Right. But like, so I don't well know done. if it's because like the book is Swedish or I don't know if it's Swedish or just. I think it that... is Swedish. Okay. So. I don't know if that's why it's so much better, but, like, I feel like that one, like, really captured mm-hmm. all of the craziness, yes. and then the American one just didn't. Yeah. The American one fell very flat for me, which is yeah. probably why they didn't do the other two books. The other ones. Because they did yeah. all three of the books. The The Swedish movies, they did all three of them, right? They did... Uh, they did at least two of them. They did at least two, but they did two of the new of the one for in America too. Oh, did they? Excuse me. Oh, because I really thought that they just like stopped because they were like, we did a bad job. <laughs> Maybe we should just quit while we're ahead. They do that a lot with um, kids' books, actually, like series that they think is going to be like the next Harry Potter. Oh, uh huh. And then they just abandon it, which is really sad. Um, Like the Percy Jackson books, uh uh, they did only two movies of that, but there's there's four books in the original series. Four books or five books? I can't remember. Um, But the story is really good, and like it could have been really great, and they were not. Sad. And they, I don't think they were promoted correctly. And yeah, I think it's a hot mess. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed. I actually. I enjoyed um, The Hate You Give. 
I thought they did a pretty good job with that one. I did not watch that yet. It's it's really good. Um, I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the I really enjoyed the book. Um, and I think that I thought that they did a pretty good job with the movie. Like there's definitely a couple things that were missing, but I thought overall it was a pretty good. It was a pretty like accurate. Uh, I thought the same thing about the fall in your stars. Mm. Which it didn't make me cry as hard as the book did, but <laughs> I still it still made me cry. Um, but yeah, I thought that they did like a pretty decent job with both of those. I was the goldfinch was fine. Uh, well, so I thought the book was fine as well. So like <laughs> I, I like I didn't the love was, the book. I thought the book was. Like it two was ticks fine. better than fine. H- high key fine. <laughs> I mean, so part of the thing when I was watching the movie it was that I realized I forgot a lot of the book. So the book is so long. It's so long. It's so long. Yeah. I had There's the like problem. five side plots. It is like five side plots. And so the, thi- the thing I did like about the movie is I felt like it like sort of condensed it. Mm-hmm, that's <laughs> and true. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. Yep. 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 Like. So I, f- I felt like it hit, like, some of the high points or whatever or, and made it, like, a little bit more digestible because that is such a long book. It was really so long. much happens. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, like, offended by it. I, I felt like the book was high-key fine and the movie was low-key fine. Yeah. It was, yeah, I don't know. I probably would not read or watch either one again. I mean, I don't think I'm going to reread The Goldfinch because it took me forever to get through the first time. So Yeah. And that's back when I was flying a lot for work. And so I would, like, read it on the plane. And now that I don't really travel for work anymore. <laughs> right? That's I'm how I would get all of my reading done. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to read. I could put headphones in, pretend to listen to something, read a book, and then no one talks to me. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, another one that I just thought of that actually just had a remake movie done, um, is Rebecca. Oh, uh uh-huh. That is a really good book. And I really like the original Hitchcock movie, partially because I really like Hitchcock movies. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but I just think that it's, it's like so much creepier. Like the, the maid character is just so much creepier in the original movie. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but I do think that the new version is very beautiful. And I think they got some of the stuff done really well. Um, so I think they're both worth watching, actually. Perfect. I will so. probably avoid because creepy. It's not like the new one's not like super, super creepy. But I think maybe they might have changed a little bit of the plot at the end. I'll consider it. (laughs) (laughs) You could just read the book. It's a great book. Okay. I'll do that. With all the lights on, it's fine. (laughs) It also, uh, she also, the same Daphne du Maurier also wrote uh, My Cousin Rachel, which is also a movie. Oh. But I never watched, I never read My Cousin Rachel, but I did watch the movie. And that is a very strange movie, but it's kind of similar to Rebecca in a, a in a, in a certain way, it's similar. So, I don't, anyway, I don't read Stephen King 
or watch any Stephen King movies, so I cannot speak to any of those because it my, scares the shit out of me. My dad's favorite author is Stephen King. <laughs> so he had like every single book, um, which meant if I needed a book to read, sometimes I would read them. <laughs> and I do not recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> if you are easily freaked out like me, I don't. I don't recommend reading Pet Cemetery when you have many, many pets. No, that sounds terrible. It sounds like uh, a really bad idea. There's one uh, book called I think it was called Insomnia. Yeah, Insomnia, and that book gave me like a ton of nightmares. For like a avoid. long time. I shall avoid. Oh my god. I'm, I'm like, I found another like 40 best film adapta- adaptation. Well, one of them they've listed is Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. I fucking hate that book so fucking much. Hate it. They're making a new version of that. I hate Charles Dickens. I'm sorry. I can't. His writing <laughs> style is terrible. The thing that annoys me, and see, this is I think the thing that really annoys me about that book is that it's not actually I don't hate the story. I fucking mm-hmm. hate the writing. I hate the book. Like if somebody else wrote that story, I would read it. Right. But Charles Dickens wrote it, and so it's terrible. I was actually having a conversation with my tattoo artist about this <laughs> when I saw him a week ago or whatever. Uh, we were sitting because he he was laughing about how like he always gets the nerd clients because he is a nerd um, and he loves to read and just like be out in nature and whatever. And we were talking about how Dickens is like one of the worst authors to read because he's just so dry and boring <laughs> so that's we both we both had some big feelings about that I think that's really funny because um I mean I don't like Charles Dickens but also I of the you're gonna get really mad for a second the <laughs> of the John Steinbeck books that I have read already I feel like they're very boring well okay which ones have you read uh Grapes of Wrath. Okay. The one um, everyone's read. What's, what's that? The one that everyone has read. Yeah, because we had to read it for school. Uh-huh. So, um, Of Mice and Men, of course. We had yes. to read that for school. Yes. I also read The Pearl. Yeah, we had to read that in school, too. Um, I feel like there was one more that I've read. Maybe that's all. I, so... I did Granted, enjoy... East of Eden is written much, much later than Grapes of Wrath. So Yes. And so his short stuff is fine. Um, to me, I think that I think that for I don't really know why everyone has glommed on the Grapes of Wrath as like the Steinbeck novel. Uh oh. Because so it, it, it was fine. I I read it. I enjoyed it. It does not hold it. To me, it doesn't hold a candle to East of Eden. And I've, and I've had multiple people that I recommend East of Eden to that did not enjoy Grapes of Wrath and found it very, very boring and loved East of Eden. So. I think I think the reason why people like glom on to um, Grapes of Wrath is because it's like so tied into like history, American history. I mean, well... And so they're just like, oh, we can give you a history lesson at the same time as you reading a book. If you read East of Eden, you could read about a prostitute. 
Yeah, some reason I don't understand why they would not recommend that in schools. I just don't understand either. Like, it's so weird. Like, a prostitute that, like, blackmails all of, like, the politicians. (laughs) So weird. Granted, we did also read The Jungle in school, so. Oh, uh uh-huh. Well, you know. (laughs) It's fine. Everything is fine. fine. (laughs) Um, One of the other books that I... I was like scrolling through this list and it reminded me of like, so Great Expectations was a book that we read in high school that I did not finish. And I just like read the Sparknotes version of. <laughs> and the other one was Wuthering Heights. Oh, I read Wuthering Heights and it was okay. I read it and I feel like I was like, oh, maybe I like this. And then I read it again like 10 years later and I was like, what was I thinking liking this book? I don't. It is so boring. Because I love Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. And so for some reason I was like, well, I'll probably enjoy Wuthering Heights. No. You don't like the 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 moors no. and fog. Everyone's fucking and whiny the shit in that book. Yes. They're so whiny and grumpy. And I'm like, just fuck off. Guys That's are like, the worst. Aside from like the the uh, problematic racism in Gone with the Wind, uh, they're also very whiny. <laughs> they're very whiny. Although I enjoyed the movie. I read the book and have seen the movie multiple times. Um, and I mean, yeah, it has not aged well. No, it has not. But... Um, I didn't necessarily, uh, yeah, they were whiny, although I didn't really necessarily have, like, any overt problems with that. Like, I did, I don't know. There's just something about Wuthering Heights where I'm like, you guys are really whiny. Stop I think it's because they were just the moping about the house, like, the entire time. Yeah. Like, they never left the house. It just, everything was gray to me. And also, Jane Eyre has scandal, so. So good. I also, like, that, of course, would be way better. Also terrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the other book to movies that I actually, I for, I have this book and I forgot it was a book, um, is Princess Bride is an <gasps> oh, yes! excellent book to movie. Yes. It is so good. I love the Princess Bride. It's great. It gets two big thumbs up. I really like that. Like, I didn't know it was a book until, I don't know, maybe like 15 years ago. Yeah, I was not aware that it was a book until a while after I had seen the movie. Um, yeah, it's just delightful to like read it after you like so familiar with the movie and just like, oh, it's, it's so good. I was horrified. This maybe two years ago, I re- found out Alex had never seen The Princess Bride, and I was like, hold the fu- hold the fucking phone. Um, my children have seen The Princess Bride. Normal human beings have seen The Princess Bride. Also, I was like, so at this at that point, we'd been together like six years or something, five or six years. I was like, so you've spent the last five, six, five or six years not understanding half of the quotes that I just randomly say. <laughs> like, did you just think I had like Tourette's? Like what? Like you just went with it? You just didn't understand any of the references I was making? This is terrible. Then I made him sit down and watch it. Oh, good. It it, it might be my favorite movie ever. It's so good. It's so good. It's such a delight. 
it just it's perfection R-O-U-S-S we were watching so great. the other so, night. They're so bad and so good all at once. Uh, the other night we were watching the the Great Muppet Caper, oh. which is from like 1981. Yes. Um. But uh, oh, what the heck is his freaking name? Um, the guy who played uh, Columbo. <laughs> no wait. Yeah, Peter Falk. I think it was Peter Falk that was in the in the movie. Okay, so he is in The Great Muppet Caper. He is not credited in IMDb for whatever reason. Um, but he came IMDb. on the screen, and I wanted to, like, tell my kids. I'm like, that's the grandpa in The Princess Bride. And then they would probably both have been like, what? <laughs> and then I would have to explain. It would be, like, a 20-minute thing to have to try and explain. But <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I mean, Bob was already trying. John Cleese is also in this movie, and Bob was already trying to explain who John Cleese was to Reese, because they, apparently they had been talking about Monty Python earlier in the day, and he just did not follow the line of conversation. So somehow I'm not overly surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> Bless it. Yeah. Well, do you have anything on your? to read list that you think you're going to read next well so I don't want to so I'm trying not to buy stuff so that's causing like a wrench in my book plans Mm -hmm. Um, but I really want to read the third book in the Kevin Kwan series because I never read it the third one Mm -hmm. um and I really enjoyed the first two as, like, super fluffy, mindless books. Uh-huh. I think they're great. Um, so I really want, I want to read the third one, but I don't want to buy it. So <laughs> I had to figure that out. Uh, and it's funny because I have a Kindle, but also I don't like using it because I like paper. Yes. Same way. Same um, way. So I don't know. We'll see. I have been looking at some other new books. I really, one of the the later, not later, one of the more recent books that I really want to read is Mexican Gothic. Okay. That's supposed to be really, really good. Uh, I had a lot of friends recommend it to me, so I am looking forward to that one. It's a novel. It's not a nonfiction book, so. (laughs) What? But it's still in hardcover, so, um... Some books I, I wait to, you know, like there's certain books that you get hardcover and then certain books you're like, I wait for the, the paperback. Yes. Kind of thing. Yes. I don't know. I feel like only book people are like, I understand what you mean. And other people are like, well, you want to read it, just get it. Like, no, no. It's like, it's an aesthetic thing. Like, yeah. it has to feel a certain way in your hand. It does. Hardcover That's also so why decadent. I don't like, I don't like uh, audiobooks. I will I will listen to audiobooks, but I don't I'm not as much anymore because I'm not on the road like I used to be. But mm-hmm. um, I will listen to audiobooks. I I do have like I I, I consider that I read The Power, but I listened to it. Right, which is a very good book. I uh, highly I recommend. have that one actually in my Audible. <laughs> I, have I think not maybe because I recommended it. it to you. Probably. I have a lot of books in my Audible that I have not listened to. Um, 
Because they make me fall asleep. Oh, no. Because the person reading it usually has such a lovely voice that it's I just true. fall asleep. It's and true. And then I wake up and I have to figure out where I fell asleep at in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the last novel that I tried to listen to was Little Fires Everywhere. And I just kept falling asleep. <laughs> So many times, over and over, because unlike the series, she talks incessantly about Shaker Heights <laughs> and like the history and all of that, and I, it was so boring. You're like, I can't. Sorry, I can't do it. Maybe it would have been better if it was a paperback, if it was like a paper book. I feel like yeah. I'd be able to get into it better. That I don't know. Sense. That makes sense. I do like nonfiction books on audio, though. I. Have like a preference on on which I'm cons- what I'm consuming in which way. I, I have, like um, I have several books in my Audible that I I need to listen to though. Yeah, I have like seven that I had to listen to. Oh yeah, I've got a I've got quite a few. Um, I I listened I did listen to all of the Harry Potter books. Which I highly recommend, actually, because... So I've read them all. I've seen the movies. I've read them all multiple times. I've seen the movies multiple times. I've listened to Binge Mode multiple times. Uh, but then I listened to the audiobooks for the first time, like, in the last year and a half or so. Um, mm-hmm. And there, I got different things out of it by listening to them on audiobook than I did... Like, uh, that I had never picked up before. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting, because I wasn't necessarily expecting that yeah um that makes sense i li- and i listened to like i listened to um bossy pants by tina fey and i listened to uh um born a crime by trevor noah on audiobook so like books like that i do really well um educated is in my is in my audible that i still need to listen to um, that is also in my audible yeah so i've got i've got a couple couple of those that i need to like I have so many. I know. It's so sad. It's just it's just bad. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, well, oh well, with that, what's bringing us joy this week, Megan? Well, I registered for a conference today. <gasps> this is gonna go. It's gonna, it's gonna be a circling back to my super nerdy book that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the tab because now I sound like an idiot. Um, okay. So I registered for a conference today. It is January uh, 27th and 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Food Resilience Access and Equity Conference. Interesting. And it's going to have uh, a bunch of people that talk about food and food policy and basically like how – food systems need to be improved and how COVID has changed all of the industries and food insecurity and all sorts of super nerdy but important things that we need to be talking about right now. And so I'm really excited about that because I, as I said earlier, I like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I'm a member of Foodways Texas and I would go to their, um, their symposium every year and it would always be a couple of days of talking about food topics and mm-hmm. last year obviously had to be canceled because of COVID. So this kind of gets like 
my little food nerdy button pushed, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited partially because I think a lot of these issues are really important. And also, I think a lot of people, now that the election is over, they're kind of like looking for the, something else to like put those like election energies into. Yeah. And I think like, um, food banks and the inequality of the the food system and Mm -hmm. insecurity and stuff is like a super important issue that we need to be paying more attention to so hopefully there will be more people that will be um making some good changes as a result of this conference and uh we'll put the link to that in the show notes because i think tickets will probably still be on sale so yeah i'm looking at the website it looks like a lot of the featured speakers are is this done by an organization out of texas because it looks like heb folks and texas aflcio and a guy from austin news are all like featured speakers yeah so it's being uh led by uh this woman uh joy chevalier she's a um she works on a lot of food policy stuff and she owns it's like a it's a, it's called the cook's nook and it's sort of like a an incubation learning area and like a food promotion it's hard to explain but she does really great things um she's a really good promoter of local food systems and all the things that are happening and there's this group called the food tank and they're like the co uh not presenters but the co-organizers Cool. And they work towards, uh, you know, promoting food stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Smarter than that. I sound like a dummy the, when the I'm talking stuffs. about this. Food stuffs. Food stuff. It's like a food, like, you know, there's other companies that have, like, think tanks. And so yeah. this is food tank when they, they basically are, like, they help startups that work to solve food issues. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So what about you? Uh, the inauguration is tomorrow. It is tomorrow and also slash last week. Yes. As we're recording <laughs> this, it is tomorrow and that is bringing me joy. <laughs> uh, I asked my son if they were going to watch it at school and they are not actually. Oh. And I don't know if that's just because he has English class during the inauguration or they might be worried that something's going to happen and they don't want them to watch it live. I mean, um, so you and I are going to be together tomorrow at my house mm-hmm. organizing, and I've already had this like, okay, do we do we watch do we watch it? Do we turn it on in the background? Like, I, uh, I'm very nervous, right? <laughs> but also, I'm like, Wee! I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. Have a there. I saw a time lapse today um, of the the flag installation uh-huh. being put up. And it was very emotional to watch. The yeah. the sped up Instagram video got me all in the feels. <laughs> As we discussed, so, cry over a lot of things. <laughs> right? This gets us all in our feels. Yeah. So it's yeah. uh it's it it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. So that's bringing yeah. me joy. All right. Woohoo. So next week. We are going to be joined by a special guest, and we will be talking about the topic of purity culture. 
This is something that I feel really passionate about. It has affected my life in a lot of ways. It's affected our guests' life in a lot of ways. And so I am really excited to dive into this topic. In the meantime, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Bye.